Hey, what's going on? You already know what time it is. It's a time for another episode, DJ Khaled Voice. By the way, that album is pretty dope. Uh, another one. <laughs> the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost. I'm the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. Please connect up and follow me on TikTok, at Packaging Pastor, on LinkedIn. I've actually also switched over to Substack, and you can go to packagingpastor.com, and there's a little subscribe button so you can get email updates on articles, some cool thoughts, TikTok videos. There's going to be a paid uh, subscription model, all sorts of stuff. That's at packagingpastor.com or at encasemedia.com, E-N-C-A-S-E, media.com. Today, I got to go to Enlisted Designs in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City and sit down with Bo Euler. If you are in packaging and you are in Utah and you don't know Bo and you don't know what they're doing at Enlisted Designs, you've got to connect up with them and you got to go check it out, what it is they're doing. Also, if you're going to be at Pack Expo in October, let's connect up. I'm going to be there. Corey Connors is going to be there. We want to meet as many people as possible. We are going to be at the Specrite booth, setting appointments, giving demos, showing off the incredible work that they are doing. Specrite wants you to stop guessing at what your packaging specs are. You can go to specrite.com backslash PKG to learn more. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You better spec right before you guess wrong. All right. If you're not excited about this interview with Bo Euler, then I hope my energy is transferred to you and you want to hang out and you want to hear about the just amazing work. I've used so many words, amazing, incredible, excellent, that they're doing there at Enlisted Designs. Let's get to it. Bo, we've made it uh, live to make a podcast here at the Enlisted Studios in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, I've been here once before. It's such a cool building. It, it makes me feel creative. And I'm not, I mean, I'm okay creative. <laughs> but like you walk into this place and yeah. you're just like. It's got a vibe for sure. It's got a vibe, yeah. yeah. There's rollerblades and all sorts <laughs> of stuff going on. We got liquid death water. I mean, the whole the whole thing. It's good to have you back, Adam. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so I'm joined here by Bo Euler. <laughs> you are, tell, tell us your official title because i could read it off of linkedin yeah and i'm I'm founder of enlisted design the design agency um and then i'm also chief design officer of pattern uh joined the pattern team about two years ago okay and that was through um was that like through acquisition or merger okay so we had met at silicon slopes a local event here i spoke on how to create lustful brands and the founder uh dave wright uh, spoke on how to accelerate brands and e-com and I was just like, oh my gosh, all of my clients need this <laughs> pattern thing, whatever that is. And it turns out they're like the, you know, one of the biggest resellers in the world on Amazon. So we ended up joining forces. I sold and listed two pattern outright. So we're part of their portfolio of companies. Um, and then I'm essentially a partner within pattern um, and function as their chief design officer while also still maintaining and running and listed as a, as a standalone design agency. Got it. Got it. Well, if they are looking to purchase a packaging podcast, yeah, just, you know, let me, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds I saw what Joe Rogan got at Spotify, know, you know, I'll be less than that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so tell, this is obviously a packaging podcast yeah. and uh, I believe you've been on Riona Velio's podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot more designers that listen to that than this. So we're going to talk about kind of you and the and the company. Yeah. Um, but how did you get involved in packaging design? I mean, yeah. 
did you just like grow up like one day? One day I'm going to be a fashion I'm going to make that Cheerios box. <laughs> <laughs> no, unbelievable. I didn't grow up that way. Oh, okay. Um, Most people I, don't. I, I did grow up making things. So my grandfather taught industrial design in L.A. for 30 years. And so I grew up in, in San Francisco area. And we would go down and visit them in L.A. And he would take me and his Porsche to design school. And we would, we would make things in their shop. And yeah. so I started um, from a very young age just with this mindset mindset of like, if you, if there's an issue with something, you can just make it better. And that's really what led me to design to industrial design. So physical form factor design. And then while I was in school, I was also working at Crate and Barrel as a just, you know, retail associate to mm -hmm. weekends meet. And so during the day I'm doing design school during the, the evenings, I'm working at Crate and Barrel. And I'm like, hold on, there's more than just the product. There's also like the box it goes in. I didn't even know packaging, right? Like there's the box it goes in. And then there's also like all the visuals on the box. And then there's this whole brand thing. Like why am I only focused on industrial design? And so my junior year, I pivoted. I was at the Academy of Art in San Francisco, okay. in their ID program, industrial design program. And I pivoted. I stayed in ID, but I started designing packaging for all the products that I was designing. And so my final presentations would be product, packaging, branding, in-store display. And I would build out an entire in-store display for my products in school. And that's where I'm like, oh, there's more than just the product. We need to think about this holistically. Yeah. That's what got me into packaging design. Okay, cool. So it was, it was but it was in school. It was. And, yeah. and how long did it take you to realize then? So you kind of have this epiphany to realize like, this isn't just like an industry. Like I did, I was like, I didn't realize how massive it's huge. this industry is. Yeah. yeah it's huge. What, did you have that moment or was it kind of simultaneous to It wasn't simultaneous. It? So I, all the packaging work and branding work that I did in school was conceptual just for the products that I was designed. Once I went into the, into, into market, I, I worked at a housewares company for a couple of years and I worked at a design agency for a few years. So I was lead designer at a design agency and, um, and then I started picking up just through other colleagues and friends, um, branding and packaging work. So Nestle was our first client and they reached out and said, Hey, we need some help on this. Could you help? And I was like, yeah, it's, it's non-competitive to what I'm doing in the industrial design studio. Let's start doing this. So I started learning about strategy and branding and packaging by actually doing it for Nestle and Clorox and like big CPG brands. Yeah. I've heard of them. You've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we might have some of those products. Yeah, maybe in our homes. And so had this amazing opportunity moonlighting, uh, while I was doing ID during the day and branding packaging, um, during the night. And then, you know, really over a number of years became expert in packaging design. And so when I broke off of that agency to start enlisted, um, the, both the co-founders, myself and Jared were industrial designers. Our first hires were all brand visual design and packaging design. Okay. And so we really learned together those first few years of how to create packaging that is going to call to people to get them to pick it up off the shelf and be interested in it. Yeah. Packaging yeah. For is the sure. first touch. It really is. And, and oftentimes it's, is a brand's best telegraph in retail. Yeah. It's, I, I've told people before, it's, it's like having a salesperson for your company that never is sick, yeah. that shows up whenever yeah. they're supposed to be there. Yeah. It follows the person home, which is kind of creepy, but you know, I mean, it does, but it, it's, it's, and now, you know, we've got e-commerce. I know we're going to talk about that. We've yeah. got also, we've got visual connection to digital world and yeah. now you've got web three stuff and it's yeah. just like, 
the importance of good branding, number one, that is then executed through product packaging, yeah. I would argue has never been more important than it is today. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we see like uh, uh, somebody that I, I look up to is Eric Ryan, right, who founded Method. And mm-hmm. We met Eric and Adam years ago when they were just starting Method. And they, they're a really good example of that, right? So every single touch point really built the Method brand all the way to buying the product and bringing it home and being right. proud that you get it right. by having a Method bottle. And it was like 15 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for them to take that Method and say, okay, it worked for Method. Now let's do Ollie. Yep. Oh, sell it. Okay, now let's do Welly, oh, sell it. <laughs> now let's do, right? And so it, it's, there is this method and really it all comes down to just caring about the consumer and giving them something that is worthy of their lifestyle or their right. home. Um, how did you ever call him the method man? <laughs> I should have. No? I should know. Next That's, time next time I see him, I'm definitely calling him. That was a missed that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> I have a t shirt that says Old Dirty Baptist. Yeah. Uh nice, nice. you know, it's it I love it. The Methodist man was the other option, <laughs> but uh that's that's yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, there there are brands who have just done it, you know, done it right. I, I wanna kind of take a step back. So you you talked about how you went from a, you were working in a design agency yeah. to starting your own company. Yeah. There's a there's a glorification. I think we even met on LinkedIn. There's this like glorification on LinkedIn of like, you know, everyone's got like go go you know join the entrepreneur hustle yeah. and do all this stuff. And yeah. I've kind of fought against that a little bit because I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has. If, if everyone's an entrepreneur, then nobody is there to work. Sure, sure. So, but obviously you caught the entrepreneurial bug, you and your, and your business partner. How did you finally decide to make that leap? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was scary. Was it? Yeah. Okay. That was really scary. Like, did you, I mean, did you have a family at the time? Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, so I had a family at the time. Um, one kid, no, two kid, no, one kid then. And then now we have a second. Yeah. Um, and so this is, you know, this is 15 years ago and we, um, yeah, I mean, we were doing about 50, 60 hours a week at the agency, both of us were. And we were dedicated, like we were giving them our best work. Mm-hmm. And we were doing another 50 hours on the side a week for two years building in this enlisted project. And so we're picking up clients, worldwide clients, off of this side hustle. Yeah. And the side hustle, you know, we set some pretty specific goals. Okay, we're both gonna have 100K in savings. Well, we were only making 50K at the agency. So to save 100K, we really had to generate some income. Right. And so we hit the 100K, and we also wanted a certain book of clients, uh, all recognizable brands. And that's what we did. And so we hit that, and both of our wives were very helpful in saying, hey, it's time. <laughs> You've been working 100-hour weeks for two years. It's yeah. time. Yeah. And so, uh, and so we did, and we made the leap, and our first client was haagen Ice Cream. Okay, another and, one I've heard of. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and it was really fun, and they were launching a concept going into like yogurts, opening up yogurt stores, like frozen yogurt, and so we did all of the, um, you know, the retail concept, the branding, uh, the industrial design of the whole space, and then, um, and then they decided to cancel it. And okay. we were like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but during that time, we were building business and building relationships and sure. had enough work to keep us going. Got it. And I think that's that's probably an important lesson for anybody listening who is thinking about, you know, going out and doing their own thing. It's not like you just like throw caution to the wind and no. I'm gonna go live my best life now. It's no. like, no, you were you were I mean, a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. 
when there's a hundred four years for, for you for two years yes. there are 168 hours in every week yeah. like most people I mean, a hundred hours is like you sleep and you yeah. work yes. and you had to have very patient yes. partners very through that partners. supportive and patient yeah. partners through yes. that process. But it's not, it's not as though you just went for it. And yeah. I like, this I like that there was like us. a process for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I knew that I wanted to, to run my own studio early on. So like in school, we would meet these other designers who are kind of famous designers within the industrial design world. And, and I would watch them and listen to them and think, okay, like Bob Bruner, who founded, um, he was at Pentagram at the time, but then founded Ammunition. He's the designer behind all the beat stuff. He was ex-Apple. He hired Johnny Ive. Okay? okay. So I would listen to Bob and he would come into the class to critique. He offered me a job. We got to know each other. And I just, okay, what is it about him that makes it so that he broke up into this leadership role and into this doing his own thing role. I was less interested in like, I want to do my own thing so I can like, you know, have more time or have more flexibility. There's no flexibility in entrepreneurship. Like if you don't do it during the day, you're doing it during the night, right. you during, during the night, you're doing it at like three in the morning, right? It has to get done and it all comes down to you. Yep. And so, um, yeah. And so I just knew that I wanted to run my own studio eventually. And so when I looked at the first couple of design teams that I was on, it was really about me just learning as much as I possibly could and just extracting information and obviously adding, like I was, I, I went up the ranks extremely quickly at the agencies. Um, but it was because I was adding to and working really hard there and doing good work, but I was just learning, 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 learning. So that yeah. I could, I could say, okay, this is what I don't think works. And this is what could work. And then looking at something that you've never even seen and saying, how could we even do something better than anybody's ever done? Right. And that's hopefully what enlisted is. And when I have designers who've come from other studios, they appreciate what we've built here. Yeah, no doubt. So, so you build up enlisted, uh, how long did enlisted, uh, how long was it kind of a standalone? Mm -hmm. I know, I know it's still standalone, but it's part of pattern yeah. right now. Yeah. How long was it that you go full time and then you join pattern. What was that? Well, we just joined pattern two years ago. Oh, okay. so next month will be two years. Okay. So it's, it's very recent. Um, and so, I mean, we were 13 years of 13 years of building ourselves and we're still building. I mean, we, yeah. we have, um, yeah, we're still building. Got it. Every podcaster always makes it, they always ask the question, when did you know you made it? And I'm like, dude, no, we haven't made it. I won't ask you that question. <laughs> okay, good. But honestly, when did you know you've made it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so you had, you had, a, you know, you, you've got this 13 years. Did it start in, because I know you have an office in Oakland. Yes. Right? Yeah. Is that where it started? Yeah. So that's still our headquarters is, is the Oakland studio. Okay. And we're about 60 people total um, between both studios. And then we have some people fully remote. Uh, so the Oakland studio is much larger. We have about 15 people here in Salt Lake. Okay. And other than that, Salt Lake city is fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, why, why did you decide to have a second yeah. place here? Yeah. So it was less about second place or growth in that way. And it was more about, um, market opportunity. So, okay. uh, the reason that we found it in Oakland and not San Francisco is because there were no legitimate agencies in Oakland. Okay. And we thought, okay, it's a point of differentiation and, um, you know, and, and nobody's penetrated that market, even though there were really good companies in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And so we found it in Oakland and that really helped us grow because we were the Oakland agency. We still are. Yeah. 
So then we kept flying out to Salt Lake to work with a bunch of different companies in Utah. And we're like, I started doing a little bit of research and I'm like, oh, well, why are they reaching out to us versus just, you know, an agent, a local agency? And what I noticed is that there were a number of local agencies that were doing good work, but it was really like one or two people, you know, as an agency. Yeah. And so no tier one agencies had come into the Utah market and this whole Silicon Slopes thing is blowing up. And I'm like, what if we, like, let's be the first ones to come in yeah. from San Francisco, from New York, from wherever. Like, let's be the first ones to come in. So we did. We, we came in. We've hosted a number of design events, very much an all ships rise mentality. We're not here to take over. We're not here to take any work. Yeah. We're just here to, to create next level shit. Yeah. In the Utah market. Yeah. And that's what we've done. And the studio has grown rapidly. And it's that's really awesome. exciting to be part of Silicon Slopes. It's exciting to be part of the Utah market as it's, as it's going through this hyper growth phase. Has that always been a part of your strategy when you, when you think about enlisted is like, I, I've, I've heard it referred to as like the blue ocean strategy yeah. of like, I want to, I want to go swim in the blue oceans, not in the red oceans where yeah. everyone's kind of there yeah. beating up one another. Has that yeah. been very much part so. of it? Okay. Very much so. That's cool. Yep. Uh, it's, it's the reason this podcast exists is I was like, there's no podcast about yeah. packaging, which yeah. You know, most people are like, there's a reason for that. But <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, except for that all of us who design packaging and we're just like hungry, craving this content, right? Mm -hmm. Because there isn't much of a dialogue in between packaging designers to say, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's here. Let's open it up. Here's the materials. Right. Here's the contract manufacturers that you want to talk to. Like, yeah. you know, and I think that the more information that's shared, the better. No doubt. I totally agree. So let's talk a little bit about this, um, this e-commerce, um, I think, what did you call it? A village mm -hmm. that you've, you've started to develop, yeah. uh, along with, with pattern. Admittedly, I don't know much about pattern other than y'all threw a really fantastic, uh, party and, um, I guess trade show. How would you, how would you describe yeah, that? It's an accelerate, accelerate e yeah. summit. The summit. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was so fun. It was great to see, the, the Utah community, and I can't speak for the community in Oakland, obviously, yeah. but the Utah community just shows up. Oh, yeah. And it's... For sure. It's fantastic. And mm -hmm. people outside of Utah, I just don't think, realize it. And it's not just for, like, the, you know, people in the dominant religion in Utah. Like, yeah. everybody, there's everybody. a lot of people in Utah. Everybody shows up. It's a super yeah. supportive community, and it's wonderful. Agreed. Um, so beyond just the summit, what, it, what has that been like for the last two years? And, and what are you, you're standing alone, you're doing your work, you're making next level shit. Mm -hmm. And then you're also doing stuff in partnership, I'm mm -hmm. guessing with them. So what yeah. is that looking like? Yeah. So the partnership with pattern is, is like you said, yes, we were acquired by pattern two years ago. And so we're part of their larger company portfolio. Um, we do still function as a standalone agency and about 80% of my time is still spent with enlisted. The other 20% of my time is spent with both Pattern Corporate as their chief design officer, as well as a new company that we founded, which is the blend of Enlisted and Pattern coming together, which we call Village. So villagebrands.com is our website, and it's a separate entity, it's a separate company, in which we are, uh, we went out and raised uh, some capital. So publicly, we raised $225 million, privately, we raised more yeah. um, at a $2 billion valuation. And so what we're doing now is both buying brands as an M&A strategy where we're acquiring companies, then washing them through enlisted for a re-strategy, a repositioning, a rebrand, oh. a redesign, and then a relaunch onto the pattern platform with our owned companies. Then we're also using patterns data to say, hey, there's a market opportunity here, you know, similar to what Simon did with um, Quip toothbrushes, mm -hmm. right? Where he, he's walking down the aisle on Target and he's like, why has nobody loved this 
category. We all use these. Right. And then boom, quip. Right. Yeah. Not to say boom. He's, he's an amazing designer and obviously, entrepreneur. Obviously it took a lot. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, we get it. We but, get but he quipped the category. And right. so what we're doing is we're using um, patterns data, which they're the thir- third largest seller on Amazon worldwide. So think about the data that we can harness to say, where do we play? Mm-hmm. And then we're incubating brands as well. Oh, that's awesome. Starting from the ground up. So we'll launch our first incubated brand in Q3 this year. That's so fun. Yeah, really excited. And so you're able to use your your entrepreneurial yeah. spirit mm-hmm. along with your industrial and packaging design and then combine that with really incredible data to mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. I had no idea. Literally, it's like, this is my first reaction though. to that. I've never, I literally have not heard this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's it, very few have, and we're just, we're really writing the book here. And so you see private equity who's partnered with design agencies or who have even bought agencies, or mm-hmm. you see other companies, you know, buying agencies. And, and honestly, to date, no matter how much money they throw at it, they haven't been able to figure out. And so we're really writing the book as we go. And it's not a Thrasio play, but it's not also a standard, you know, VCPE play. It's really, it's really bringing the best of data and design and creating brands that consumers are, are you know, fall in love with. And then yeah. being able to launch it onto an acceleration platform like Pattern, there's just nothing else like it. That's amazing. It's really exciting. It's, uh, and again, it, it sticks with that theme of... Here's something that hasn't been done. Yes. Let's go see what it's like. Oh, we're lonely out here. Yeah. But a lot of people want it. Yes. And so let's go do it. Let's and build let's it. Let's build it. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's so cool. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back here to. It, sorry. What was the website again? It was. Uh, Villagebrands.com. Villagebrands.com. Yeah. All right. Everyone, go check out Villagebrands.com. <laughs> uh, that's that's. I'm um, I'm I'm gonna lose like time of my sleep just <laughs> researching this because I think it's so fa- I think it's yeah. so fascinating uh, so let's go back here into the packaging world because it's a yeah. podcast We're, this isn't a business podcast as much as I would love to just yeah. sit here and talk about business um, so as a as a packaging designer you have and, and enlisted has done design for all sorts of incredible brands we yeah. were talking about like all birds yeah. beforehand yeah um, it, what is, do you have like a, a, a material or a substrate or a kind of a, a style that you really like to get into? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's really convenient to be like, oh, we, we only work with the most sustainable materials, sure. but that's not always sure. the easiest thing to yeah. do. So, yeah. um, is there, is there a, a type of material or substrate or just like uh, I don't know how how do you yeah. how do you approach these things? So to give some context and perspective on on what we do here from a packaging standpoint, so last year we launched about fifteen hundred SKUs of packaging out of Enlisted, so it's pretty high volume considering yeah. that last year we were only like fifty people, right? Um, so we do a lot of work. The vast majority of the work that we do goes to market. So we're not necessarily this like oh we're conceptual thinkers, you know, help us think twenty years in the future. Um, but You're we're not also making not, cars for 2100. Well, maybe not 2100. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a lot of work with, um, cruise Chevy's autonomous vehicle. So oh. we're, we're designing with cruise. We've Amazing. Three projects together now. Sweet. Um, some of our work that we did five years ago, um, made it into the F one fifty lightning, which is really exciting. The, you know, electric 
truck. And then we're also designing um, a boat called Arc, arcboats.com. It's a fully electric. So they're all uh, SpaceX and Tesla people who broke off. And um, and so we're designing the world's first electric ski boat that's right amazing. now. It's people sick. are going to think like we like plan these questions, but yeah, I yeah. really had no idea. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so that's, so that's, that's amazing. We okay. actually are. You but, are. <laughs> but nonetheless. Okay. Um, so 1,500 skis of packaging last year. This year we'll do more. Um, a lot of that is in food. So we do a lot of work in natural and organic foods. Uh, so you can see our packaging designs in everywhere from whole foods to sprouts to Costco. Mm-hmm. Okay. You'll also see our packaging design in the Apple store right now. So we have a few SKUs in the Apple store and it's pretty wide. Oh, oh it's a wide range. Okay. So obviously in, in whole foods, you're going to see a lot of, um, you know, flow wraps. You're going to see a lot of bags, mm-hmm. right? Gusseted bags. Um, but then you're going to go over to Allbirds and you're going to see, you know, uh, Bogos, uh, you know, sugarcane packaging, mm-hmm. or you're going to go to stance and you're going to see fully recycled cardboard or ecoplastics. Right. And so, um, we really stretch across a lot of different categories and a lot of different substrates. And what gives us the ability to do that is twofold. One is we have a, you know, the strategy visual design team and the, they're doing the visuals around, you know, the packaging. And then we have the industrial design team and we have about what are we, 12, 13 people on the ID team. Okay. And they're doing all of this structural design out of box does, you know, out of box experience OBX. So they're creating the OBX to delight the consumer while then the visual design team is doing all the visuals outside. Traditionally with a packaging design studio, it's visual design mm-hmm. and they have no idea what they're doing with the form factor. Yes. And you can see that right exactly. like across all of their, you know, their, their work. Um, and so to blend both the structural, the physical design and the visual design together, then you start to bring more cohesion into the brand and allow this OBX to be a brand touch point for the consumer. Got it. And that's where it gets really exciting. Yeah. And so then would you, like, I, I've worked in packaging manufacturing for a number of years. So is that when, when you're working on like the structural design, do you, do you have to lean on, you know, certain manufacturers to say like, Hey, is this like, we're designing this, but is this producible Yeah. or is that kind of become native information as you've been doing this for 15 years? It, a little bit of both for okay. sure. But we're usually trying to push the needle with materials. And so like Allbirds is a good, a, a good example of that. There had mm-hmm. never been a fully compostable shoebox. Right. It didn't exist. Nobody had ever done it. They didn't know how to do it. And so when Allbirds reached out to us, um, the RFP was pretty simple. It was just help us create the most sustainable footwear packaging in the world. We're Got like, it. okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our first answer was like, how about no packaging? Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But if no packaging to it for a DTC brand isn't an option, right. then where do you go from there? And right. that's where we, we um, pulled in one of our partners, Voyon Packaging, mm-hmm. and just and said, hey, we have about, I think that we had five different concepts and five different materials that we wanted to use help us understand what these are going to cost and, and the availability of the raw material even. Right. And so at the end of the day, they helped us develop this sugarcane packaging, um, and diet pitch black with sustainable inks that could still compost. Um, which is very hard to do. Yeah. You know, oh, it's I, very hard to do and it had never been done. Yep. Yep. And so Allbirds launched with that, with their first gen dasher and, um, it's, you know, it was a success. That's and cool. so lots of times we're partnering with CMs to be able to produce something that's never been done before. Got it. But still be attainable for yeah. a bomb cost or for bomb targets for the client. 
And that's an, that's always a tricky balance, right? Like Jabra headphones, like the audio company, we do all their packaging, both the, the structural and visual design. And a lot of it is introducing materials within a budget or mm -hmm. to say, okay, we totally understand this is three cents over or 30 cents over or $3 over, but here's the lift that you're going to get for your brand and consumer, you know, brand equity and consumer brand love. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I'm talking with brands about like, I have a broad based idea of sustainability and I yeah. kind of put it into four different buckets. And one of them is profitability. I'm like, you know, there's nothing sustainable about going out of business. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make any sense to, you know, put this thing into 24 karat gold packaging. Yeah. Yes. It's very valuable. It's super recyclable. I mean, <laughs> People are not going to just throw away gold, yeah. but you can't spend, no one's going to yeah. spend a $10,000 deposit yeah. on their, on your, their vitamin box. So, Definitely not. um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, that's an example that Tom Zaki used in his mm -hmm. book, the future packaging, but it's like, you know, it's gotta be good for the pro it's for your profits. It's gotta be good for the product. Like it has to protect the product and yeah. go places. It's gotta be good for the planet. And then it's gotta be on brand. It's gotta be good for your people. They have to know it and recognize it and resonate with it and, mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. So it's not just like oh, can we get this material yeah. and use this in our packaging? It's yeah. like, well, maybe, but it, does it check off all these other things? Yeah, and, exactly. you know, you got to walk people through it. It's, it's checks and balance. I mean, it, it really it's, is. Uh, not checks and balances, um, trade-offs. It is, yeah. Through, through all four of those. It is. And, and designers need to be very aware of materials and processes, how things are actually made so that they can create concepts that are manufacturable and so they're doable and understand materials so that, yes, you can be light on the planet, but you can also introduce that to a consumer who's then going to expect that from other brands as well. Yep. And there's some great resources out there. I've got a friend in, in San Francisco um, named Ian who runs a shop called Guacamole Airplane. Oh, yeah. It's awesome, right? They're great. Yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. So they, they've open sourced their resources. So if you go on their website, I don't remember, guacamoleairplane.com or whatever yeah. it is, like he actually lists out, right. here's all the materials. Like, you know, kind of an all birds play, right? If you're going to rip us off, rip us off right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so he's just like, here's the materials. Here's what you want to use. Here's what's coming next. And I think that we're starting to see more resources like that for designers to be able to utilize, you know, the, the right materials. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, well, we are coming up here on the end. I've just got two more questions okay. for you. It's been like, I, I, I say it this feels like two minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. According to my time clock on here, it's been oh 28 gosh. minutes and seven seconds. Awesome. But uh, it's been, it's been great. We could talk for hours. I'm sure we'll do it again because we both are here in Utah and yeah. you have a way cooler place. Although <laughs> my, my podcast closet is coming together. I'm sure it so is. it's, it's That's there. Great. Uh, so my last two questions uh, one involves, we have a really younger audience that okay. listens to the podcast. So tends to be at least according to, you know, the metrics that mm -hmm. I get, uh, you know, people in the packaging industry between the ages of like 19 and 35. Okay. So, you know, not everyone in that age is just starting out in their career, yeah. but I know you've done a lot of guest lecturing. Mm -hmm. You've done, you've worked in universities and mm -hmm. probably continue to mm -hmm. do stuff in universities. Yeah, I'm going to London in two weeks to, uh, to speak at Oxford. Okay. Yeah. So that's, and I love it. Like uh, Oxford, Stanford, um, Carnegie Mellon, the U up here, BYU, the Academy. I love it because it's like, if you can just incept a few ideas, right. Right. And, right. Then, and then let them run with it. I love it. Yeah. Not, not the Harvard of the Rockies, which is Colorado state university. Oh, of course never, it is. <laughs> have you never spoken there? No. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll call in some favors. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so what, 
when, when you speak to younger people in the packaging industry, designers or entrepreneurs yeah. or uh, whoever it might be, what, what are some, what's one or two things that you would like to, in, would you say, incept? Yeah. Okay. Or, or impart uh, in, into them uh, that they could take away. I use away. incept because it's a little more devious. They it don't is. always know what I'm doing. It, <laughs> <laughs> I used, I used uh, uh, I, I've called it packaging inception when yeah. it's like, yeah, your packaging required packaging to be shipped <laughs> to the place yeah. where it could be packaging. And so, then that uh, packaging gets put in more packaging. Uh, to, it's crazy. It's brutal. Yeah. It really is. Okay, so you're, we're incepting now. Okay, so two things. Okay. So there's two different um, markets or two different consumer, students that I usually speak to. One is on the entrepreneurial side, right? So it'll be an MBA program or, or whatever. And then the other is design or engineering. And um, on the MBA side or the business side, um, what I always want them to think about, they're usually thinking about their technology or their business case or their business model or whatever. And that's great. Think about it. Okay. But they're usually really good operators and they don't, they haven't even thought about how to create an emotional connection between their technology or their business and the consumer. Mm. And then they're like, Oh, but I'm SaaS. Like, well, ultimately you still have a consumer. Every company has a consumer, right? Even if it's a government play, a SaaS play, a retail play, whatever it is. And so uh, I, I, my big thing there is make sure that from the beginning, you're thinking about every single touch point of this brand from a consumer's lens and how you're going to create love or lust or just emotion between your brand and thing and that consumer. Mm. And then I go through a few different case studies of how we've done that and enlisted. On the design side, um, designers and educators are generally wanting to push the needle as much as possible, right? So, you know, very futuristic. And that's great. I don't want to stifle that. Yeah. Okay. But I also want to get products in people's hands today, right? Or six months from now. And so it's very important for students to live in reality with a broader perspective so that they're the ones bringing solutions to the table for their clients or their studio but bringing solutions that are applicable, mm -hmm. bringing solutions that will build a business, bringing right. solutions that will um, help the company build a better ecosystem of packaging. And when you do that, you generally have to do that in stages. It's so like Stance is a apparel company, right? Yeah. Stance Socks. So we do all their packaging half for the last five years. And if we had come from at the beginning and said, okay, ditch the hook, ditch the rivet, ditch the stitch, ditch the, like all of these elements that were kind of core brand elements at the time, they would just be like, get lost. Like, right. come on. And like, yeah, but if you do that, you could be like just one piece of like one fold of packaging and we could do this like super cool recycled whatever. And sure, yeah, we could do that, but we couldn't. Okay, right. They weren't there yet. And so over the last five years, we've gone through multiple iterations of the packaging to get to a place where the latest packaging that is going to be shipping soon is one piece breaking it news is all recyclable <laughs> that's amazing and from recycled material and so structurally and in retail like it still works very well but now you have a far more sustainable packaging and it saves them money and yeah. so it's a win-win right? right so designers need to think about the business and how design is going to improve the business by creating something consumers love and introducing them to materials and processes that are going to enable them to bring their designs to life. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love that as you're talking about that stance example, it's like, yeah, we could have just come in and said like, we have to do all this, but stance might've never gotten there. Might've yeah. been like, yeah, like you said, like go pound sand, like yeah, whatever. Exactly. But it's, th there is a, there is an evolution 
that I think is necessary, even though you're like, but if you just did this, it's like, well, why don't you help them make the next best decision that they can then build off of Mm -hmm. so that they don't lose their consumers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They might've just lost their consumers on the shelf if they did that. So I love that so much. My last question, Bo, is uh, how do like I'm going to be on TikTok making uh, stance packaging videos? I'm sure awesome. once this comes out, <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan of cool. of stance as a oh, brand. They're so great. Uh, so people can find me at Packaging Pastor. Do you TikTok. have our our enlisted stance socks? No. Oh my gosh! So while you're here, we got to get you. So, so after our first project, they made us the greatest. So we, I'm, I'm wearing. So they're enlisted on one side. I love it. Next level shit on the other side. Okay. Custom enlisted stance socks. So make sure that you grab a pair. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I will. I will definitely do that. So, uh, but how do people get to know more about you know uh, about the projects you're working on? Get connected with you. Yeah. They got questions. They want to reach out. What's the best? Well, way first they should listen to your podcast. Obviously. <laughs> Then the but next we're already step. There. They've already okay, listened. The right yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're at enlisteddesign.com. So E N L I S T E D design.com. Uh, that's our website. You can reach us through the site. Um, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. You can follow me there. Cool. And then Instagram and everything else. We're just at enlisted design. Awesome. I love it. Well, Bo, I really appreciate it. Thank you so cool. much. I'm, we're going to go kind of tour the yeah tour the studio yeah. here and sounds great maybe take some fun some fun videos cool. maybe a few of them will end up on tiktok awesome who knows good to have you back adam <laughs> definitely thanks bo